sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. As long as you can remember, there's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memory, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. two-hour extravaganza. Scott Wetzel sending in on this Thursday morning. Taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. It's all free telephone number 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones this hour. 844-843-6879. No YouTube today. Uh, YouTube is down. Not our fault, so don't blame us. Uh, Go call YouTube and complain to them, unfortunately. But that's okay. You can catch us on uh, Sirius XM now, channel 204 at our new home. Uh, with Sports Grid Radio across uh, the dial as well as, well as your local affiliates uh, as well. So, poll question is out. Uh, NBA big trade, NHL starting, <clears throat> college basketball heating up, obviously NFL uh, with the postseason as well. Uh, which uh, sport is your least popular sport right now? Uh, so go to your opposite picks feed, get that voted, and uh, let me know what some of the other choices are. But uh, NBA uh, leading the way for sure. Talking, obviously, the big trade. We'll get back into that a little bit with uh, the uh, Nets acquiring James Harden last night. I think it's a dumb move. Uh, I think they're crazy. Uh, Adam Silver, listen, he's he's not going to reject it. But, you know, how he could just sit by and allow an organization to trade away, you know, control over eight first-round picks is just idiotic for a player that's going to leave maybe after a year and a half. Again, he's got this year and next year. That's it. And then there's a player option for the following year, which we all know, you know, they're all going to opt out, you know, unless he breaks his leg, which would be worst-case scenario anyway. Um, you know, he's going to opt out. Now, that, that, that does not preclude them from re-signing him. But it does give them absolutely no trading, no leverage whatsoever. You talk about, you know, uh, dopey Jerry Jones saying Dak Prescott last week has all the leverage in the world. No, all the leverage in the world right now is going to be James Harden and Kevin Durant next year when they opt out and and they're going to the net saying, we want $50 million. We want a max contract, which they may do anyway. But, I mean, think about that. These guys are going to be getting, you know, roughly $50 million dollars a year both of them and Kyrie can opt out as well which you know he will and now you're going to have three of them unless they can convince Kyrie listen uh, do me a favor one of you three don't opt out you know let's stagger this thing and we'll give you the max next year maybe they could do something like that but you have your three top players with the ability to opt out after next year you're buying a year and a half's worth of control. You know, the the, the the Milwaukee Bucks did the same thing with Drew Holiday. You know, they traded away a fortune for a guy who can opt out after a year and a half. I mean, I don't get it, man. These, very strange. And you want to tell me the first-round draft choices are going to be late? They're going to be basically worthless? Maybe. Maybe they're not. You know, listen, they thought the same thing with, uh, with, with Paul Pierce, right? And, and it ruined that franchise for how long? And the Nets are going to go right down that hole. I mean, it is amazing. You crawl your way out of that thing. 
uh, the number of picks that they gave up for Pierce and and uh, uh, Kevin Garnett, and it, it set that franchise back for almost a decade. And and as you know, they're basically out of it for just a couple of years, and they go right back into that well. Uh, it's just amazing for for a guy who's fat, overweight. You don't know if he wants to play anymore. You don't know what his character is going to be. Is he going to like Brooklyn? Is he going to hate Brooklyn? You know, is he going there just to be with his buddy? I've told you this when Kyrie went to Brooklyn, that that's the worst thing in the world. I could give you way more examples of players who go home and fail versus players that go home and succeed. Once you start going home and you're more concerned about family life, being around friends, uh, you know, just being home, you don't care about winning. And, you know, you're paying these guys way too much freaking money not to care about winning. And I, that's why I don't – I don't. when you get to that point in your career, you know, I forget who said it. I don't know if it was Parcells or, or some NFL coach. When you start thinking about how long you're going to be playing, that's when you should retire because that means you're more concerned about not playing than you are playing. So when you get to the point, for me, that you're more concerned about being home – versus actually just going into a winning organization and having a chance to win, that's when I cut the cord. And I knew it wouldn't work out with Kyrie. The moment that was the reason why he was going to Brooklyn, so he would be home, in essence, Didn't I, I knew it wouldn't work out. And I don't think it's going to work out. And I, I think this has got disaster written all over it. And if you're the Rockets, listen, they could be left with nothing. They, they trade for a player in Victor Oladipo that's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, word is already that he doesn't want to be in Houston. Uh, the four first-round picks they're definitely getting from the Nets could be worthless if they're a good team. Uh, the four first-round swaps, you know, you know, might be worthless if the, the Rockets are a bad team. Uh, either way, you got to figure the Nets to be a halfway decent team. You would think some of those years, the first couple of years anyway, because it does start this upcoming season. So you know the Nets are going to be good this year. You you would think so. They're going to lose the ability to swap. I, you know I don't think the Rockets are going to be any good. So what did they really acquire? They, they traded away one of the top 10, 15 you know players in the NBA, and and you got Victor Oladipo who's going to leave and four basically worthless first-round draft choices and access to four more that might be just as worthless for, for a top-10 player. I mean, they got to they gotta spin Oladipo around and get a first-round pick for him. But they're not going to get a whole lot. They're not going to get a, a first-round pick from a team that's awful. He's going to be a free agent. I mean, it, it, it's in a lot of ways, you know, they say trades are good for both teams. I think trades uh, are bad for both of the main components of this deal. I, I really do. I don't like either side of it. I probably like the, the Nets side less, but the Rockets uh, didn't exactly do great either. All right, opposite picks on this Thursday morning. We're coming up with Scott West. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on this Thursday morning. Scott Wetzel sitting in as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. 
uh, all across the nation, many local affiliates, as well as our new home, Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204. You know, here's another great example of how you can't beat the boys in Vegas. And i got to pat myself on the back here because I, I didn't pull the trigger, but I also didn't pull the trigger. Here's what I mean. Last night uh, in the Pelicans game, Zion Williamson missed the game, uh, you know, COVID issues. They're not sure if he passed the test, didn't pass the test, who knows what, but he was ruled out. They're also playing without Lonzo Ball, and they're playing without Eric Bledsoe. All right, so they're playing without arguably, you know, if not their top three players, then certainly three of their better players, right? And they're playing a good team in the L.A. Clippers, on the road, no less. So the Clipper line is nine and a half. Who in their right mind, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, oh, by the way, playing last night, who in their right mind is calling up their local Louis the Lip and saying, Louis, uh, give me give me the Pelicans uh, tonight. Well, Louis feels a little guilty, right? He's like, well, you know, listen, uh, not that I don't mind taking your money here, uh, uh, Billy Bob, but uh, do you realize that the Zion's not playing? Yeah. Uh, do you realize that, uh, you know, uh, their second best player, third best player, however you want to put them in order, Alonzo Ball's not playing? Yeah. Do you re- realize their second, third, or fourth best player, Eric Bledsoe's not playing? Yeah. Uh, but, and you realize you're not getting double digits. It's only nine, nine and a half. Yeah. Give me the Pelicans anyway. You realize they're on the road, right? Yeah. You realize Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both playing a rarity for the Clippers tonight, right? Yeah. Give me the Pelicans anyway. Who's doing that? Who's punching Pelicans on FanDuel last night? Nobody, right? I mean, nobody. Final score, Clippers 111, Pelicans 106. Pelicans cover the spread. (laughs) I mean, if I had a dollar for every time that has happened, I'd be a rich man. It is amazing. Now, I was that close, pulling the trigger on the Clippers, you know, when I heard Zion wasn't playing. And I had seen the lines earlier in the day, you know, when I was throwing my opposite pick segment together. And it was nine and a half. And then I heard Zion wasn't playing. uh, And it didn't change. So clearly the boys at FanDuel, you know, must have gotten wind, as they always seem to do, ahead of everyone else, that this guy wasn't playing. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute now. You know, three of their top four players, Ingram might be in the mix there, maybe Steven Adams, but, you know, three of their best players get a lot of minutes aren't playing. We got some stiff who I never even heard of this this guy, Thornwell. Sendarius Thornwell. I actually have remembered his name from South Carolina, but I got a Sendarius Thornwell in the starting lineup. The guy averages 7.7 a game. No, no, not 7, not 17, 0.7 points. He doesn't even average a point a game. This guy's in their starting lineup last night. And and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it, though. I've been doing this way too long. When these star players don't play for the first game, the backups perform well. They just do. There's a reason why these guys are in the NBA. Albeit backups, you know, albeit guys that never see the light of day, but when they get their opportunity, I've long said this, these guys aren't playing because they can't score. These guys aren't playing because they can't block. You know, they're like the running back in the NFL. You know, every running back in the world can run for 75 yards if you give them 15, 20 carries a game, right? They could all average four yards a carry. What they can't do is block the linebacker that's blitzing. That's why they don't play. They don't play because they can't block, not because, as crazy as it sounds, they can't run. Same thing in the NBA. 
these guys aren't playing because they can't shoot. They're not playing because they can't play any defense. And, and what's the point if you score 10 if you're giving up 20? So when you have the star player that misses the game and the backup does get more playing time than he's used to, they, they do perform. They can. Now, this stiff Thornwell didn't score last night at 19 points, that all said. But, but all the other guys picked up the slack. Alexander, Walk Alexander Walker. Who the fudge is that, right? A first-round pick from Virginia Tech from a couple of years ago. 37 points. I mean, you got to be kidding me. They covered the spread. I, I knew it. I knew it. I couldn't pull the trigger on the Pelican. That I couldn't do. Uh, but I was smart enough not to fall into a clipper bet yesterday. But, I mean, you talk about a classic, just an absolute classic opposite pick that, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the Pelicans were. And lo and behold, they covered the spread. Speaking of our opposite picks, another three and two last night. You know, we gave out six plays. Uh, Phoenix and Atlanta was postponed with the COVID, which to me is, is so much now of an afterthought. I don't even bring it up anymore. You play, you play. If you don't, you don't play. I expect it every single night to be games that aren't going to be played. Uh, there's generally three or four every night in college basketball, and we're getting to the point in the NBA where there's one or two every single night. It is what it is. It's not a story to me. Um, so three and two last night. We uh, lost in the afternoon with Notre Dame going opposite. We won with Wichita State last night, laying a point and a half. Uh, we won with Texas Tech, uh, getting three, winning outright at Texas. Uh, uh, we uh, we won with Boise State, laying nine. They won by twenty at Wyoming, and uh, we did lose. I I must say, the best absolute game that I just loved last night was Dallas, and, and they did win. So we, we can beat the boys. In, and that, that is the essence of opposite picks. You know, I had a couple of people email me, new listeners, uh, and they say, well, which side should we go on? The side that you like or the opposite? And I tell people, listen, it's up to you. It's up to you. Um, you know, whatever you think is, is better. Uh, you know, what I really suggest is you take seven games or six games Figure out the six you like and go opposite. You don't even have to use mine. It's the thinking. It's the theory of it all. So, But if I only had one or two every night, I do well. But it's when you extend it to five, six, seven, eight that the odds just shift tremendously uh, in favor of the boys in Vegas. So, But I did love Dallas after getting embarrassed, you know, just a couple of weeks ago by this same mediocre Charlotte team. Um, you know, I gave you the against the spreads record. So if, if there was one game life on the line, it would have been Dallas last night. And lo and behold, they do win. Now, a little bit closer in the end, but they were leading by double digits. A rare start to finish performance by uh, the Mavs last night as they win easily. So uh, three and two, it brings our overall opposite picks record to now 19 and six. 19, four days we've been doing it. 19 and six going opposite. So we got another six pack that's coming up a little bit later on in the program. So uh, keep that money flying in. You know, speaking of the COVID situation with with, uh, with football this weekend, you know, if you listen to us over the last few months, I've brought up on numerous occasions the NFL's ability to stay away from the COVID. I, I, I always thought it was strange how they've been testing literally thousands of people Every single week, right? Remember, we, we brought this up, you know, 32 teams. You're testing all the players. You're testing all the GMs and all the front office people, all the secretaries. 
Uh, and these folks are all, they're not living in a bubble. They're all going home. They're going their separate ways. They're coming to work every single day. They're hopping in their cars. They're going to the post offices. They're going to the banks. They're going to the gas stations. They're going to 7-Eleven. They're living their lives. All of them. All, all I think it was like 2,000 that they tested every single week, right? And yet somehow or another, despite the world falling apart with this COVID, they were able to escape having that many people actually test positive. I, I, I found it amazing, right? So this week, the Packers, uh, you know, need some offensive line help. So they signed a guy that was on their team uh, last year, Jared Veldehears. So he comes in on Monday. Okay. He comes in on Tuesday. Okay. Goes through the team's walkthrough on Tuesday. Okay. And... He tests positive. All right, so what's got? Somehow or another, the NFL has deemed it that he was not in close contact with anybody else. I find that very peculiar. Very peculiar. I'll explain why when we come back. One one past the hour. God bless SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on Sirius XM Channel 204 with yours truly Scott Wetzel sitting in 25 past the hour as we always do Monday through Friday taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time here on Sundays as well from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. So, all right, a couple of things here back to the NFL. Yeah, I find this very peculiar. I really do. From a person who's questioned the COVID results from the NFL all season long, think about this for a second again. You know, I ask you to, if I ask you to do one thing here on Opposite Picks, it's think. Think for yourself. I don't care who is an expert, who has inside sources, who's in a position of authority. Think for yourself and trust your own common sense. Packers are on a COVID watch right now after they signed their offensive tackle, the uh, Veldier, Jared Veldier, right? He tested positive on Tuesday, not Monday when he first came in. Not Tuesday morning when he came in, but the test results came in Tuesday afternoon after the walkthrough. Now, the NFL trying to cut off the COVID thing has these precautions that even if you don't test positive, if you're next to somebody who does, you have to then be quarantined for a certain amount of time to make sure that you're clean. And in the case, sometimes it's, you know, five, seven days, you know, and you may actually come down with it yourselves, right? But you have to be quarantined. If you're in contact with someone who has it, you know, you're in quarantine. So we find out that the Veld here has it. After Monday's little get-together, welcoming in party, I'm sure he had, after his little walkthrough on Tuesday. 
NFL says, you know, Green Bay, don't worry about anybody else. Nobody else came in contact with him. Uh, they deem to have had uh, no close contacts with the team. What's the problem, Scott? Think about this for a second. The guy used to play there. He played there last year. And not, not like five, six, seven, eight years ago. He played there recently, two years ago, 2019. So it's not like he doesn't know many players on this team. I'm sure he has friends, 15, 20, 30 players, whatever it may be. So when he comes in on Monday to sign all the paperwork and everything, and he's seen some of those players, you're telling me he's not shaking anybody's hand? You're telling me he's not high-fiving anybody? You're telling me he's not giving, you know, a general hug to, to anyone? Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the fold. Glad to have you here. He's not doing any of that. Former offensive lineman he's worked with, Aaron Rodgers, who he's worked with. You're telling me that Rodgers, during that walkthrough on Tuesday with the whole entire team, nobody but nobody came up to him to congratulate him and thank him and welcome him into the fold? Nobody? Come on, that's that's ridiculous. You can't possibly believe that. Of course they did. They know the guy. If he's a stranger, maybe not. But he was on this team in 2019. He's got to know people. They got to, they have to have given him a hug or a high five or a handshake or, you know, pat on the back. Hey, welcome here. Here's your locker. You're next to mine. How could they possibly deem that nobody, nobody but nobody had any close contact? What What was this guy stuck in a closet somewhere for the last two days? It, through, through walkthroughs? What was he on the 10-yard line and everyone else was on the 50-yard line? I mean, come on. That's stupid. Of course he must have had close contact. But... If you're the NFL, do you want to tell the Packers, hey, sorry, Aaron Rodgers, your star quarterback? Uh, you know, he was giving uh, Jared an old pat in the back. He was shaking hands. He was giving him a high five, patting the ass. You know what? Can't have that. Put him in quarantine. I don't care if you're going to play the L.A. Rams without your star quarterback. So bad. Too bad. Those are the rules. Got to be in quarantine for seven days. You come in close contact with somebody. Of course, they're not going to do that. Just like they wouldn't do it if it was the Super Bowl. They would do the same thing. And this is what we've questioned over the, the last, uh, you know, three, four, five months. What would happen if not a star player, we won't even go there, but if one of the backups, we'll say, gets the COVID and he's mingling amongst all the other teammates, and is the NFL really going to step in and say, sorry, Tom Brady, you can't play. You know, sorry, Pat Mahomes, you're not playing in the Super Bowl. I don't have it. Doesn't matter. You were standing next to somebody who did. Can't You can't do it. Those are the rules. Are they really going to do that? No. And we're finding out they're not even going to do it. Forget about the Super Bowl. They're not even going to do it for a second-round game. You can't sit there with a straight face and tell me that this guy has been with the team for two days, is, is, is going through a practice, a walkthrough, albeit not a, you know, contact practice, but no one has contact practices anymore. They're, you know, you have contact. Those have been long gone. You only have literally, I think it's 16, an entire season contact practices no they're all walkthroughs so he practiced Tuesday but the NFL is going to sit there with a straight face and say he didn't have any close contact with any team come on so they're protecting Green Bay they are bet the Packers on uh, Sunday speaking of which the lines are out uh updated actually the only change is that Buffalo is now a two and a half point favorite interesting Green Bay, they're, they're holding pretty steady here. Green Bay, 6.5, over under 45.5. Uh, Kansas City, still 10, 
over under 57 and a half, which I must say, the more I think about it, that's a big number. That's a high number for an NFL game, a playoff game where every down counts. I know what Pittsburgh, or I know what, yeah, what Pittsburgh and Cleveland did this past weekend. I get that, but that stuff doesn't happen. It, it really doesn't. Um, you know, Pittsburgh gifted like, three, four touchdowns to Cleveland. I expect Kansas City to play a much better game, and I expect Cleveland to go a little bit more conservative. I think they're going to try and run the football a little bit more and keep it away from that Kansas City offense, unlike last week where I don't think they really feared the Pittsburgh offense. So 57 and a half, 58 points for an NFL game. That's a lot of points. I, I think I'm siding towards the under on that one. New Orleans is remaining three against Tampa Bay, over under a 52. I really am surprised. I tell you, I got mixed emotions about this one because I predicted Tampa Bay would make the Super Bowl. But, boy, I, I like them as a bigger dog. I, I like them to get no respect. I wanted that line to be five and a half, six. Saints kicked their ass twice this year. No one thinks the Bucks can win. You know, I, I much, much prefer that versus the Saints only three because now the Saints have the chip on their shoulder. Now the Saints are saying, well, wait a minute now. We won the division. Uh, we beat this team twice, the, the last time in Tampa Bay by 30-plus points, and we're only a three-point home favorite? What, are you kidding me? You know, so now they have that little chip on their shoulder versus the Bucks. you know, being a five-and-a-half, six-point underdog and saying, well, no one's giving us any respect and no one thinks we can win. And, and no, people do. People are giving you respect, and they do think you can win. I'd rather have it the other way around. So the only line that has changed is Buffalo. That went from two-and-a-half – down to one and a half, and now it's back up to two and a half with an over-under of 50 and a half, which I like the over on that one. Weather forecast uh, hasn't changed. It's just gotten a little bit closer, obviously, to Saturday, uh, which is probably not good news because there is a chance still 40%. I don't know how it's still 40%. You know, the whole world changes every hour, and yet the forecast hasn't changed in the last three days. 40% uh, chance of snow showers Saturday night. Temperatures uh, right around 30 degrees, a low of around 30 degrees. And that doesn't bode well for Lamar Jackson and, uh, and in Baltimore, theoretically. You know, uh, maybe, you know there was, with Lamar saying this week that he's never played in snow and he's hoping that it doesn't snow, you know, that threw a little caveat out there for betters and for, uh, you know, predictors, I'll say, that, okay, you know what, it's, it's looking more and more like we're going to get some snow, we're going to get cold weather, and this guy saying he's not comfortable in that situation. I think that's what caused the line to bump up to two and a half. I think as we get closer and closer to kickoff and it becomes more and more a possibility that there will be snow and bad weather Saturday night in Buffalo, I think that line might go up. Uh, it's tough to jump to that magic three. It really is. But you're siding more big-wise with Buffalo laying two and a half. With FanDuel anyway, it's minus 118. If you take the two and a half with Baltimore – you're laying only a buck four. So that means it, it is two and a half, but it's it's closer to three than it is two. And again, oh, listen, it's only 40%. So, you know, 40% isn't great. But if we get to Friday, we get to tomorrow and it's 40% or maybe even Saturday and it goes up to 60% or 70%, that line will go up to three. That'll be my prediction. But you know what? He hasn't played in snow. I, I, I'm not... I'm not worried about it. Hey, listen, the guy ran for a thousand yards this year, and you know it, it's been cold. He's played in cold weather in Baltimore, so I'm not concerned about that. I'm really not. I, I think more you're making a, a smoke screen out of a mountain or a mountain out of a molehill or whatever the saying goes. I, I, you know what? If you like Baltimore, hold on. If you like Buffalo, I jump in now. 
I don't think that's going to go down unless the weather forecast changes. But I, I really do believe that's more product of the weather forecast. But, uh, yeah. So it, it is interesting how all that goes. couple of injury notes. Uh, Jack Conklin, uh, right uh, tackle for the Browns, didn't practice yesterday. Out of all the injuries, this is the one. Doesn't get a lot of publicity, but th- this guy's an all-pro. Uh, they grabbed him from Tennessee this offseason as a free agent. And uh, if they don't have him... That would be a big loss. That that really would. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for for KC uh, did practice yesterday, so he was limited. But they're hoping that he returns. Mike Evans says he is you know is close to 100. percent I wouldn't think he wouldn't be after having a great day against uh, the Washington Redskins, the Potatoes last week. Ronald Jones though did not practice for Tampa Bay yesterday due to his quad injury. That I'd be a little concerned about. I know they got Fournette, but I, I still think Jones is actually the better uh, player of the two. And um, Aaron Donald uh, says that he's going to play, which I think he could have played last week, but they took him out and they were in control against Seattle. Otherwise, I don't doubt for a second he'd be back in there. Um, but uh, So he says he's okay, so no concern there, I wouldn't think, if you're a Rams fan. And then Baltimore, oh, by the way, said that they're going to continue to blitz, uh, that their game plan is to, to blitz Josh Allen. So... Now, Allen led the NFL, apparently, in uh, rushes, touchdown passes, under pressure, under blitzes. Some of these stats can be kind of ridiculous, but, uh, you know, you're almost playing into the hands of what Josh Allen loves to be able to do. So I'd be a little concerned. All right, opposite pick. You're listening to SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your padded pencils and get set, fa- uh, get set for the fastest and, more importantly, profitable five minutes in radio, Opposite Picks. What are Opposite Picks, you newbies ask? Well, we give you 7,000 reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas and FanDuel and we proved it again last night going 3-2, and two, bringing our overall four-day record to a remarkable money-making <coughs> 19-6. We had one game last night which was canceled because of COVID. So not bad going 3-2, and two, and I think most will take 19-6 and six any day of the week. So let's uh, continue on as uh, we beat the boys in Vegas by going opposite. All right, here we go. Pick number one of our six-pack today. Going to start in the uh, college hoops world. Indiana lane three versus Purdue. Battle of the Hoosier State. Indiana is the better team, and this is not a very good Purdue team. Despite its win versus Michigan State the other night, they're only 8-5 straight up this year, including 2-5 on the road, as this game is. And they're even worse, 4-8-1 against the spread this year. IU, meanwhile, is a money-making 9-4 against the spread. They won three of their last four straight up. Love Indiana to get an easy home win lane, only three. Give me Purdue, plus the three. Pick number two, Gonzaga lane 25 and a half against Pepperdine. I know what you're saying, Mr. Vegas. I can't lay 25 and a half points in a college basketball game. I mean, what are the chances of the Zags winning by 26 points, for goodness sakes? You know what? Pretty good chance. 
damn good chance considering the Zags have already won five games this year by 26 or more points. And how bad is Pepperdine, you ask? Well, three of their four wins have come against Concordia, St. Catherine, and the Anteaters. I kid you not. I mean, this has 100 to 50 written all over it. I love Gonzaga Lane, only 25 and a half points. Give me Pepperdine plus the 25 and a half. Pick number three, Stanford Lane, one and a half at Utah. Oh, this is too easy, my friend. This is the boys in Vegas saying, here's a free winner on us. We're only going to kick the snot out of you this weekend in the NFL anyway. Stanford Lane, a point and a half against pathetic Utah? Are you kidding me? Cardinal have won seven of eight. They're a nifty, 70 terms, four and one on the road this year. Utes, meanwhile, have lost four in a row, including the last two at home. I mean, there's just no reason to put American money on Utah tonight. Give me Utah plus the point and a half. How about an NHL play? Why not? Islanders pick them against the Rangers. Opening weekend, we have a mismatch of major proportions here. Great rivalry team separated by about uh, 40 minutes or so without traffic, which means about two hours in real time. Islanders have nearly everyone back from last year's semifinal team. Rangers, one of the worst teams in the league. They were helped out by the COVID playoff format, which allowed them to sneak into the postseason. But make no mistake about it, this team sucks. Now, they have no business being Pickham at home against the Islanders or anybody else for that matter. I'd take the peak of high at Pickham versus the Rangers. That's how bad they are. Islanders win this one easily 3-1. Give me the Rangers. Pickham. Pick number five, we'll go to the NBA. Houston uh, against San Antonio. You know what? It's addition by subtraction. First game without prima donna James Harden. In the long run, they'll probably not be as good. But in the short run, uh, even one, they'll be better. Uh, they'll be sky high to play tonight. Spurs, meanwhile, coming off a five-game road trip. Always, always, always play against teams in the first game of long road trips. Also, San Antonio just one in three at home this year. They're laying five. I love, love, love Houston to win one for the Gipper. Give me San Antonio laying the five. Portland at the, or versus Indiana. Game three of a five-game West Coast trip for the Pacers. Uh, they traded away Victor Oladipo yesterday. I get that. They will, though, be effective. Unlike with Houston, uh, you know, he was the heart and soul of this team, even if he did one out. And they're just 4-4 four and four their last eight games. Portland's a system play tonight as well. <clears throat> you play on any team that played the night before and is playing a team that was off the night before. I know that doesn't make sense, but I've told you many times, that's how the system works for the first month and a half of the season. It hit 60% of the time. It hit last night with the with the Brooklyn Nets winning against the New York uh, or Knicks. I, I love the system. Love Portland to beat a down-and-out Indiana team. Give me Indiana again in the NBA. So, <clears throat> our six-pack of opposite picks. We're going to go with a pair of Indiana teams, Indiana in college hoops, Indiana in the NBA. Uh, we're going to grab Pepperdine. We're going to grab the Utah Utes. Uh, we're going to grab the Rangers. Uh, we're going to grab San Antonio and, again, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, college, football, college basketball, NBA, and NHL. Opposite picks for this uh, Thursday, January 14th. How about that? All right, uh, 844-843-6879. Yep, yeah, you got to keep with the system. And uh, so far, we've given you four days of nothing but winners. 
It's a beautiful thing. It's kind of sad when you think about it, but it is still a beautiful thing. Proving my point right from the get-go. All right, uh, a couple of things here before we are through. Someone mentioned on Twitter, and it is true, it's it's a pretty good angle, too. The over last night in the first period in these NHL games went 4-1. and Over is generally... You know, one and a half, you know, every blue moon, if you get a team that's throwing a lot of overs first period, like the Blackhawks last year, I remember, uh, were a tremendous over first period team. And every once in a while, they'd bump that up to, to two goals. Uh, but for the most part, it's one and a half. You may have to lay a, a you know, monster big on some of these. But last night, it went four and one. Flyers had three goals against the Penguins in the first. Canadians had three goals against Toronto in the first. You know, the, the two teams combined. Uh, Tampa Bay, three goals in the first with the Blackhawks. Uh, Blues and Avalanche combined for three goals. The only one that had only one was uh, Vancouver and Edmonton. So four and one. Philosophy is these guys are chomping at the bit. They have all this energy. Uh, They want to get out there and they score. Uh, You had all overs last night against St. Louis and Colorado. That may have been a push. I I don't remember what the line was on that. It may have been five and a half. But otherwise, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh for the game went over. Toronto, Montreal went over. Uh, Tampa Bay, Chicago went over. Uh, or at worst, a push. Uh, Vancouver 5-3 over Edmonton went over, and, and only St. Louis uh, 4-1 over Colorado went under, uh, despite those three goals in the first period. So, um, But, yeah, you know, the thinking is these teams are all pumped up. You know, they're excited for the season to begin. They're flying in the first period before things kind of settle down. So um, it's not a bad thought. It is. You know, you got how many games tonight? One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, ten games with Dallas and Florida already uh, postponed. So we got our first postponement, oh, by the way, in the NHL with the COVID. So uh, what I say, ten games, you know, you, you, I suppose you could play them all. Uh, like I said, you're probably going to have to, after what happened last night, you're probably going to have to lay, you know, buck 50, buck 75 maybe in, in some of these games. So you're going to have to pick and choose because if you just lay the buck 75 in every single game, you know, you're, you're going to have to go eight and two in order to make some money. So try and figure out which are the higher scoring teams and, and you know, go from there. But four and one last night, not, not bad for the over. And then over in general, maybe that's the way to go. Instead of playing over first period, uh, it's a little safer to play over for the game. I tell you, one under I do like is Islanders and Rangers. Uh, even though the Ranger goaltending situation, uh, you know, is is uh, for the novice is not good, but it actually is that that's the staple of their team. Islanders don't score a lot of goals. You know, the staple of that team is defense. Boy, over under a six in that one. I, I like the under on that one a lot, actually. Now that I look at that, uh, they're not getting seven goals. Islanders and Rangers generally always play low scoring games. So that would be one under I would go. You know, Bruins, Devils, maybe you would go over at five and a half. Uh, Capitals, Buffalo, you know, maybe you would go over. So basically, they got, they got a couple of six and a halves already. You generally don't see those until later in the year, but you already got a couple of six and a halves. Uh, you know, maybe Anaheim, Vegas, uh, you, you might might go over since Vegas is at home. They generally play higher scoring games. But pick and choose, uh, pick your poison here. Because again, if you play all 10 games over first period, Laying that VIG, then you're going to end up being a loser, um, you know, money-wise. Maybe not record-wise, but money-wise, uh, absolutely. All right, a couple of other things here uh, before we uh, finish up shop. Back to the NFL. So far, no word from Urban Meyer on whether he's going to take the Jacksonville job. I told you yesterday, I, I if I'm the Jags, I'd move on from this. Uh, I, I just, you know what, you really don't want the job. Supposedly, uh, the Chargers are interested 
Uh, there's a story that says many within the NFL circles don't necessarily believe that. I, I don't doubt they're interested. Uh, this guy must be asking for the moon. He, he must be asking for like $15 million. Uh, make me the highest paid head coach in, in NFL history, and then I'll come to your table. And, and many of these teams are probably saying, you know what, you're good, but you're not that good. So if, if I'm the, uh, the, the Jaguars, there's got to be a second guy out there. I'm telling you, I'd go to Dabo. I, I'd make, uh, you know, whatever they're offering him, $10 million bucks, $12 million bucks. You know, I'd go to Dabo and say, listen, we're bringing in your guy. You know, you could always go back if things don't work out. You know, you got the quarterback in the future. You, you get along with them well. Uh, does he have any head, co- head coaching experience in the NFL? No, but then, you know what? So what? He's, he's a good enough head coach. He'll adapt. You know, these NFL head coaches, I find it amazing that, you know, they're, they're going through these interviews with some of these guys who are like in their late thirties and listen, not that that's young, young, but you know, I don't care if the guy is great with his offense or his defense. When you're a head coach in the NFL, you know, it's about being an organizational leader. That That's what it is. I, I don't care, you know, in the case of Arthur Smith, um, who's the youngest Arthur I, I think I have ever known. Uh, not that I know him, but, you know, when I hear Arthur Smith, I think of a, like a 55-year-old guy. I mean, who names their kid Arthur these days? You know, when's the last time he ran into an art, right? He's actually 38. And he's got that kind of like Adam Gase look to him. He looks a little goofy. He really does. I hope the Jets hire him. Um, so... You know, but I, 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 you know, he's getting all this uh, notoriety now because uh, of the Titans offense the last couple of years. And it's been terrific. But you know what? I don't, you know, I don't need that. I'll go get a coordinator to be a great offensive guy or a great defensive guy. I want my head coach to be able to run the team. There's too many bozo head coaches out there that don't know when to call a timeout, don't know when to go for two, don't when to go challenges, uh, don't know how to keep things in, in line with the players. I mean, that's what I want in my head coach. I don't care if the offense stinks and you're the offensive coordinator or you're the defense stinks and you're the defensive coordinator. We'll hire coaches for that. Don't worry about that. I want to sit this guy, and that's maybe just me. I don't know. But maybe just maybe that's the issue with Eric Bieniemy, who is not really rumored for any of these jobs again this year. Uh, I, I brought this up before. I, he must be saying something wrong in these interviews, or he's not saying something right. Something must be wrong there. Um, he's not selling them the right way. He's himself the right way. He doesn't know the teams and the owners expect you to know their clubs, which I think is so unfair. Um, <clears throat> something. Because... Listen, the, the chef's offense has been great. You, you can't deny that. Whether he's been the main cog or it's been Pat Mahomes or it's been Andy Reid, I mean, he's been there. We've seen guys in his position get an opportunity. Hell, again, just look at how Alabama's coaches right in college. There's got to be something. So that's what I want out of my next head coach. I, I want to make sure that guy can lead. Forget about all the other bumbo jumbles. I'll get the assistant coaches to deal with the extra you know. All right, we'll close up shop next. Papa's Pick Series X. I'm a fool, fool. I've been such a fool. I'm blowing my cold with you right now. You're listening. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
more time before we are through on this Thursday. Here's Felice Scott Wetzel on uh, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204, uh, and then obviously all across the country on many affiliates, uh, thanks to a couple of folks out there that are picking up our program. Uh, big NBA trade yesterday, start of the NHL season last night as well, college basketball heating up. Uh, all that's going on in the sports world right now. So what's your least popular sport? How uh, how upset are you with the NBA? That's really the essence of this. NBA leading the way, 56 over 56% of the vote. Uh, baseball players, uh, baseball over 21% of the vote. Hockey at 17.5% of the vote. And other at uh, 5% of the vote. With one person writing in NFL. How about that? I don't know if I necessarily buy that. But if that's uh, what's on your radar, then that's what's on your radar. Got a couple of soccers thrown in there as well, which is always funny. We don't even count soccer, to tell you the truth. That's always not on our radar. Uh, A couple of stories that we didn't have time to delve into. Magic uh, forward Aaron Gordon says that he'd be open to playing in a bubble in the regular season if it was in a place like Hawaii or the Bahamas. And if... They allowed the wives and girlfriends to join. Uh, we got to ask Mike Milbury about that. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, Carolina offensive coordinator Joe Brady among the names being bantied about as far as head coaching openings. Bears GM Ryan Pace uh, said as far as his quarterback uh, position is concerned, everything is on the table. So uh, Mitch Trubisky isn't necessarily out. Uh, maybe he would come back. That'll be an interesting negotiation and see how much they could uh, get uh, him to sign on the dotted line for you if they actually wanted him back. Michigan hires uh, Wolverines all-time leading rusher Mike Hart as running backs coach. Broncos give George Patton a six-year deal to be GM and Aroid being sued by his uh, former brother-in-law. It's a beautiful thing saying they cheated on his wife and now they cheated on uh, him. So he's got to go to court to prove his innocence. Uh, yeah, take Aroid to court. Why not? Great job by everyone. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here. Opposite picks up at Sportsman Radio Series XM channel.